politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for life, liberty, property, culture, and everything that matters in between. And boy, it all matters. If we were another typical show that just focuses on the theatrics, it's kind of a quiet week. Dog days of summer, coming back Monday here, August 7th after a summer weekend. But in the real world... Not the virtual world, not the political Twitter virtue signaling world. There's a lot going on. Gas is back up to $4. Crisis after crisis after crisis. But Republicans are out of session, so can't even talk about it, much less do anything about it. We have a generation of trannies, a third world invasion that's infecting every one of our communities. Poison shots for every pregnant woman, infant, and senior. Now they're on to RSV, flu, all this stuff. Our economy is in a death spiral of debt-driven inflation and the credit crunch. And yet we have a party full of Mitch McConnell's, Kevin McCarthy's, Rona McDaniel's, and Donald Trump's. Oh, by the way, the reason we have the former three, McCarthy, McConnell, and McDaniel, is because of the latter. Meaning that Meta Trump is just the cherry on top of that excrement sandwich. What we ultimately face in this election, as I noted, is not so much about the election because no one person is going to save us. That's for sure. Certainly presidential election is not going to save us. But it's a matter of almost like an IQ test. It's a test to see whether the so-called conservative base based base right-wingers, those that are know what time it is, actually know what time it is. Are we going to live in an artificial world or the real world? Virtue and truth versus an idolatrous world. Symbolism or a world of style over substance. That's the choice. So, obviously, putting politics aside, in general, that, that's what we're living through. We are living in a fake world. Everything is fake. Everything's AI now. Everything's digital. You don't have real relationships anymore. We don't build real things that work anymore. Nothing works. Our construction and products we built 100 freaking years ago were better than we have now. That's the world we live in. But the political world of the fake conservative movement is a reflection of that. I don't think Ron DeSantis, even though I think, I mean, he's the best implementer we have. There's no second choice. There's no no one who's even close. I don't think he alone will be able to solve anything. But if you orient towards that direction, it will demonstrate we have a movement willing to do all of the things he represents and then take it to the next level and the next level to actually focus on the issues, point and shoot, identify the target, shoot at it, implement it where it's not feasible, you do it where it is feasible. And if we can't save the country, we save a couple of states. But if we go down this path with Mr. Trump, we are going to be not only codifying the last two, two generations of failed GOP, but at least in the past, we, we, we kind of didn't like Bush. We didn't like Romney, but we, you know, it was like, you have to vote Republican because you can't let the Democrats win type of thing. Now we're going to be happy and exalt the extra excrement sandwich because we have the symbolism and the style and the, and the virtue signaling, the artificial world. Let me start off with our first clip of the day. So again, all the issues we focus on, that's not the focus. I've noticed this morning... All of the fake MAGA people, their big focus is on this clip from Kevin McCarthy, who is now suddenly an amazing person because he's calling out the double standard on election deniers. Classic thing. Meaning, not focusing on how are we going to actually win this election and implement anything, number one. Number two, the things you, Kevin, could be doing in the August recess right now to build the case for a government funding fight, which is more important than the election, 
Because if you don't do it now, we can't wait until then on immigration, on debt. I mean, $4 gas, this would be an easy time to repeal the Green New Deal and put it in the budget and say we're standing behind it. DOJ weaponization, we're going to defund that, stand behind it. The border catch and release, we're going to defund that, stand behind it. But no. And then also, at least if you're going to focus on election denial, focus on the problems of mail-in ballots that we all agree is a problem and occurred only as a result of the very bill that McCarthy whipped for, the CARES Act and the lockdowns. But instead he was like, well, it's a double standard. You're saying we can't be election deniers, but the Democrats for years election deniers. It is the perfect example of what the GOP does. Take a listen right here. I'm still saying the election 2020 was fraud. There was fraudulent activity going on. Yeah. That Joe Biden didn't win. Yeah. And I can say the same thing that Hillary Clinton says about her election that she lost. I can say the same thing about the DNC who said it about... Um, the 2016 race. I can say the same thing about those in the Democratic Party from the leadership on down about George Bush not winning, that Al Gore did. But were any of them prosecuted? Were any of them put in jail? Were any of them held with no response to be able to get out? The answer is no. So yeah, you can raise that, that someone raised a question. And you know in America, you are entitled to raise a question. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the first Amendment. That's the uniqueness of America. But you know what? You shouldn't be prosecuted for your thoughts. And the difference here is, when Hillary Clinton said it, nothing happened to her. When they said it in Georgia's election, nothing happened to them either. You know what? When the DNC said it, nothing happened to them either. So stop using government to go after people who politically disagree with you. That is wrong, and that should stop now. Okay, guys, you heard that. So that's that, that's been vintage GOP. No, no, no vision, but well, the Democrats were then, you didn't complain. Okay, fine. That's been going on for a while. But what's new is now the MAGA people make the fag Republicans great again. Like, so it used to be we kind of tolerated it. Now we exalt it. So Carrie Lake tweets out this thing. And I see Charlie Kirk and a bunch of people did. Carrie Lake tweets it out and says, based Kevin McCarthy. Based Kevin McCarthy. So that's what, see, we were hoping we'd move away from the word conservative, which got, got chewed up and spit out into nothingness. So we needed a new term. Boy, base didn't last more than a couple months. That went the way of Tea Party, went the way of conservative. It just means your latest Republican doing what they've always done. And we retroactively now complain about 10, 15 years ago of Republicans doing it, but they're still doing it. Except now it's beast. It's MAGA. It's America first. Based is the new safe and effective, folks. There you have it. Truly, truly pathetic. You know, it reminds me, everyone's talking about McConnell getting booed at Fancy Farm, this big picnic in Kentucky, and people heckled him, said to retire. And I'm thinking like, yeah, I worked on that 13 years ago. Now, now he's irrelevant because there's an entire generation of McConnells that Trump endorses but when we had the chance to get him out in 2014, no one joined me. When we had a better chance to finally get him out in 2020, Trump preemptively endorsed him. Why, why do facts not matter? You know, there's something interesting about someone like me who has fought every, um, I mean, no one fights every battle, but you know, every battle a human being could, budget, legislation, federal, state, primaries, for 15 years. That's what I've been doing. So, I don't have political amnesia. I lived through this. I fought through it. And people want to gaslight me as if none of this took place. As if Trump is this fresh voice that somehow is our revenge, our, our only hope. I don't get it. He was in there at the pivotal moments that ultimately determined our destiny on this stuff. Biomedical security, biomedical fascism, myocarditis. Inflation is all him. The Great Reset was, was not just about medical, although it certainly did that. It was about resetting our relationship with government. It was resetting our economy, transferring wealth to a handful of companies that could then turn around and do an ESG on, on us. And yes, resetting our elections. And he fell right into that. 
and we're supposed to act like, you know, nothing changed. And indeed, nothing did change. That's what we do as Republicans. I mean, I'm not a Republican, and that's why, but that's what they do. You take the consummate issue of our time, and you elect the Republican that not only is not a good fighter on that issue, but literally was responsible. So we had the granddaddy of Obamacare, Mitt Romney, as the nominee on the election of Obamacare. So here, it's not just COVID because we could say COVID's the most important issue, life, liberty, property, but anything you care about comes back to that. The election fraud, the economy, it all comes back to that. He was the man. Again, it's like putting a memorial for Muhammad Atta at, at, at Flight 93. That's what it is to elect or nominate him as our standard bearer in light of the issues we face. He wasn't just there. He did it. He built that. But all oh, Kevin McCarthy based, instead of pressuring the guy, Kevin, why aren't you pushing a defund of the Trump prosecutions in the budget bill? Why aren't you building this? Now, the Freedom Caucus might successfully put a gun to his head, maybe, and stumble into a shutdown fight. But it won't come out of a unified force building the case throughout the August recess. It won't work properly. That's the, this dichotomy, it's, it is so stark to me, between substance versus symbolism, a talking point versus an outcome, an artificial world versus the real world. All we care about is the artificial. So we're going to talk about that artificial, which Trump represents, and then we're going to go to DeSantis. He is, you know, not perfect. You can find issues that I wish he was stronger on. Which the campaign we're stronger on. Hopefully it will get stronger. But show me someone who has implemented 5% of what he's done on the issues, not just like the traditional Reagan, you know, conservative issues, but all this populism that we say we believe in. Take freaking yes for an answer. Not so much that, you know, you just stand back and he'll do it. No, but to build that movement that we actually focus and demand that substance in every other red state. It's that simple. Which one do we want? Now, I get it. I get it why my colleagues want the artificial, the talking point, the symbolism. That's how you make money. You don't make money off of actually implementing and solving a problem. I get it. It's disgusting, but I get what they're doing. But are we going to just follow them? Look, I can understand you earn $10 million a year off of bloviating nonsense. I get that. And your meal ticket is attached to Trump. I get that. But are you going to follow them off the cliff? You ain't getting the $10 million. You're left with nothing but myocarditis and an economy with which you cannot even afford the necessities that your parents and maybe even great-grandparents had. Better quality, too. Working a full-time job. And speaking of that, I want to introduce you guys to Bambi. The only small business HR service that I recommend you have a record number of small business bankruptcies, and that was by design. It was put into place through COVID. Cost of living expenses are insane, and that is crushing those without the economies of scale. What else crushes those without economies of scale that have a small business? Seven, ten employees, HR. You know, this one complains, sexual harassment. This one has issues. What do you do? You have all these compliance laws from the federal government and state governments. What Bambi does is they take an $80,000 a year job that you cannot afford, an HR manager, and they give it to you essentially for just 1200 bucks a year. Ninety, But you don't have to commit to a year. 99 bucks a month. So this guy, it's not like you call into a service when you have a problem. You have John Doe. They have a specific person attached to your business that handles everything you know, by phone, email, real-time chat, from onboarding to compliance on HR regs. And again, it's month-to-month. You don't have to commit. Go to Bambi.com right now and type in conservative review under podcast where you heard it. That's B-A-M-B-E-E.com. Type in conservative review. Schedule your free conversation today. So just let them do an audit. See what they can do for your 99 bucks a month. If you, you have a business with a, you know, five, seven, 10 people, 20 people, this is perfect for you. 
you don't have an extra 80000 a year to spend on this, go to Bambi.com, type in conservative review to go back to focusing on why you started your business. So, folks, this is the banality that we are focused on. So what I'm hearing from the Trump people is that the most important thing is election fraud. The election is stolen. election is stolen. And again, I, I, I have said long, long ago, I said this from literally the day after the election, if you just take the ballots that were not pursuant to law, meaning even before you get into any fancy theories, just the ballots that were not pursuant to law, the absentee ballots, and you put together the fact, the number that were done based on law changes that were done improperly, not pursuant to the, to the respective state's constitution, most uh, notably in Pennsylvania, and you add it up, I do believe that it is very likely that there were enough votes to make the difference. But it's close. And Trump ran a crappy campaign that got it that close against a guy like Biden. That is true. But it's also true that, you know, this mail-in ballot election thing is a big problem. And we need a two-pronged approach. We need to shut down the shenanigans where we have the power to do that. And where we don't, we need to compete with them on the shenanigans. Okay, that's, I mean, nobody would deny that. That, that is what you need to do. Who is the one with a forward-looking plan? All these people, it's, it's stolen. Now, if you want to tell me, look, Daniel, it's stolen. It's not going to matter. We're going to go to red states, and we're just going to floor the gas pedal. I'm, I'm all for that. But as we've said many times, the Trump people do not have a plan like that. And in fact, Trump is endorsing 90% of the time against the very people we need to, to actually accomplish that in the red states. So instead, what we're left with is we have gas at $4. We have the invasion. We have the tranny stuff. We have the biomedical security. These issues poll very well now. The election fraud does not poll well. I'm just going to tell you reality. And it's not a coincidence that issues that are almost exclusively associated with Trump's persona, whether you like it or not, they don't poll well. Now, the, the interesting thing about these issues is they tend to you know, get about 60% of the GOP. You're going to win a primary with that. But you have every independent, certainly every Dem, and a big chunk of GOP are you know, just repulsed by it. You ain't winning a general election. Like, you have to look forward. And this is what DeSantis is saying. It's like, look, in Florida, we shut it down. You know, in Florida, they even had felons would call a hotline, felons that got out of prison, like, hey, am I able to vote? They were so careful because they were scared of being prosecuted and losing their parole. Like, they knew they would clamp down, and it showed. Everyone knows Florida came in first. 99% election night came in the quickest. Um, I heard from people in Palm Beach County, you had cops going all over the place. He actually did the issue you care about. So you're not going to solve it unless you have someone actually win a general election to try to solve it. And you're like, shut up. It's stolen. So if that's your narrative, you're not going to win. No one wants to hear the election was stolen. I believe it was. At least in that sense, it was. So that's, that's first of all. Trump's plan of not building a plan on the ground, he literally has no ground game whatsoever. It's like DeSantis in, in the primary has built a huge ground game. He needs to improve on his comms strategy, his online strategy, the, the messaging team there. But on the ground, it's, it's, it's better. There's nothing there. He's literally running a campaign off the fumes of his legacy and his personality. And again, that, that, that could very well get him a general uh, primary. It's not going to get him a general election. Nobody has a plan for that. And then, and then just message, stolen, stolen, stolen. The reality is, there's a lot of things I believe that are not popular with the majority of the country, and I readily admit that. Let's say you have 10 things you really care about. If you care about those 10, and let's say 7 are winning issues, 3 are not. You put your foot forward with the 7, get into office, and try to implement as much of the 10 as you can. Like I say with January 6th, January 6th is a huge, huge problem. The persecution. But the reality is the public agrees with it because it's because Trump himself has contaminated it. You need to get in there 
And then once you're popular on other issues, a guy like DeSantis could say, look, I, I clamped down on BLM rioting, and you have a guy that burned down the Minneapolis police station, gets two years. A guy who steps foot in the Capitol, does nothing else, gets held pre-trial for two years, and then gets four years in prison. How is that fair? But only he can make that case. Trump won't win. And even if he did, he, he doesn't have any capital to do it. And then there's the final point. It turns out that $400 million of cash was funneled in Trump's lockdown bill, a.k.a. the CARES Act, the end of March 2020, that I railed against before it was even passed. I had Thomas Massey on the show that day. Trump trashed him. That is Trump's legacy. $45 million went to California. He funded a mail-in ballot election. He funded a social distancing election. He ran ads on Fauci until, up until the election and even after the election in January 14, 2021. The White House task force was blasting Florida and saying you need to do social distancing and masking. They themselves fell into the trap. You can't say, hey, they did it to steal the election. Trump stole the election from himself. Okay, the most ironclad proof of the problems is the mail-in election. He validated and gaslit the policies that said to people, it's not safe to go out and vote in person, especially if you're a senior. Don't do it. Lock down. Florida, you better lock down. Had DeSantis had his model throughout the country, we wouldn't have had a mail-in ballot election. And mind you, DeSantis himself would have been even better even earlier. A big part of the problem is the White House beat the hell out of him. Trump's chief of staff called him about the beaches on that issue. I don't know why DeSantis is not more forceful about that. I remember it at the time. The White House dumped on them pressured the hell out of it to a small degree the first few weeks he gave in he was such negative energy but it's not just the vaccines and warp speed that was the great reset for everything else for the election we permanently have a mail-in election because of trump he funded it and they're gonna gaslight us Old DeSantis is not strong enough on the election being stolen. Well, what is he supposed to do? It's a, it's a terrible message going forward. He's like, I'll shut, shut this down. And where we can, I'll compete. What is their answer to winning? It's internally self-conflicting. If you're like, we can't, you know, they're just going to ballot harvest their way into it. Well, then you're not going to win. Then how are you going to change anything? Well, no one's going to win then. Okay, so what's your plan? What is your red state plan then? Trump endorsing Kay Ivey and Katie Britt and Greg Abbott and all these losers? What is your plan? Let's go on to clip number two here. About a minute here from Scott Atlas. He was, you know, he started really on this show and Steve Dace's show. And then Fox News picked him up. And then that's how Trump saw him and hired him around August. So we were like, finally, finally, we're going to turn it around. But instead of replacing Burks and Fauci with Atlas, he's like, hey, Scott, fight it out with Tony and Debbie. He literally said that. Fight it out. What type of business is that? This is the game. Everyone's like, he's going to drain the deep state. You schmuck. He put in a shallow state. That worked with the deep state. So even though like he had 80% schmucks and then 20% good guys, but the 20 were outgunned fighting the 80 who were buttressed by the deep state. So Scott Atlas never had a chance. But listen to what Scott, there is no better witness to this than Scott. Scott believed in Trump, worked with him. Here's what he had to say about Trump's legacy with COVID and Fauci. The people who were the advocates for the lockdowns, they got what they wanted. They got their lockdowns. Uh, the lockdowns were implemented throughout most of the United States, with some few exceptions, like the people who I advised. 
okay, like Governor DeSantis of Florida. Did, he ended the lockdowns very early. Uh, Governor Nome of South Dakota. Uh, most of the country implemented the lockdowns, and the judgment of the success of the pandemic management lies with the people who got what they wanted, the lockdowners. So if you think that Dr. Fauci was right and did a good job, then you're saying that President Trump and Biden both did a good job. If you're saying that the Trump administration had a bad policy and killed people, then you're saying that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Birx advised a bad policy that killed people. There's no separation between what Trump said and did, what Trump administration did, and what the fauci Burks policy was. Okay, you hear that, folks? You hear that? This is very important. Basically, there is no separation between what Trump said and did and what the fauci Burks policy was. Everything we are, nearly every policy we are facing today is a legacy of that. Is a legacy of that. And, and, and again, I don't want to hear this business. Uh, he can't fire them. He's a civil service worker. First of all, that's not true. You challenge that. They'll take you to court. But, you know, with, with the Supreme new Supreme Court, you should be able to win on that. I would have, you know, I don't, I don't think that strongly of a lot of these justices. But on that issue, I do believe we have, um, you know, five justices to overturn the Humphreys' opinion in the 1930s on that and go back to uh, William Howard Taft when he was chief justice. He wrote a scholarly opinion, you know, Article 2, president could fire anyone who he wants. I'm forgetting the name of the case offhand. You could look it up. But I believe we probably would have five justices. But more importantly, and, and again, anytime you hear someone tell you this, we're not even talking about that he should have fired Fauci as director of NIAID that he was for 50 million years. It's you didn't have to elevate him as the White House advisor on coronavirus. You could have kicked him out of the White House, sent him back to the building there at HHS, write grants to pay for play all you want, but you don't have to make him in charge. It's not just the civil servants. It's the White House advisors. Scott Gottlieb was advising the White House. Kershaw was advising. Brooke Rollins and Jerome Smith were advising. And Burks and Fauci were advising. That was a political appointment. He listened to them over Scott Atlas. Unbelievable. Unreal. One more clip I want to play here. Just a quick one. Once again, Trump praising Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. Take a listen here. A friend of mine and a guy who really understands politics. I think he understands politics better than anybody. That's why he keeps getting elected once. And I'll tell you something. Uh, you have a good man. He's a good man. And he loves you and he loves this state. He's controversial a little bit like I am. We maybe don't always agree on everything, but he's got a little controversy, but he's smart as hell. And he does a fantastic job for your state. Senator Lindsey Graham. Senator. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. And he does. He does a great job. And he's been with me, and I appreciate it. Solves a lot of problems, this man. Okay, now you might think, well, he's just campaigning, but he's a good man, controversial, smart as hell, fantastic job, keeps getting elected. Yeah, because of you. You endorsed him, and he's been with me. Folks, that is so lethal. He says it every time. He says it. See, the problem with too many Trump people is that they project on him ideas, statements, and positions that are in conflict with what he says on a regular basis. He makes it very clear you're with him or you're against him. You could be an amazing right winger, but if you don't toe the line with him, you're trash. You could be the biggest rhino neocon cuck globalist, yada, 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 but if you praise him and kiss up to him, you're good. They know this. This is so dangerous to our future. Every single rhino understands that you can continue screwing us on every policy that matters. But now you have an easy way to stave off a rebellion from your base. You just praise Trump personally without indulging the issues he's perceived as believing in and fighting for 
and you are good to go. That is how Lindsay keeps getting elected. How is that okay? How is it that my colleagues will not call him out on any of this? And again, what is the plan? There's a new poll from Ipsos. 65% of adults think the latest Trump charges are serious. 52% say he should have been charged versus 32% who say he shouldn't. Again, supermajority of Republicans, but a not insignificant chunk of Republicans, together with all Indies, they believe it's a problem. So what is your... You could cry all you want, but how are you going to deal with it if you run him as a candidate? ABC News poll, favorability. Biden, 33%. Very low, right? Well, Trump's at 30, slightly lower. Biden's unfave is 52. Trump's is 59. Trump literally said, I need one more indictment to ensure my election. I need one more indictment to ensure my election. Now, he means winning the primary because it's obviously not going to win him the general. He openly is saying that. He wants it. That's why he himself is not calling for a knockdown, dragout, defund fight come midnight, September 30th. I mean, I'm the one who actually believes, I believe the election was stolen in that sense. Now, I believe it was too close for comfort because he ran a crappy campaign, and it was also stolen because he funded and enabled it with his COVID policies. But yeah, it is a problem that needs to be dealt with. You will not rectify that. You'll have a lot of memes. You can make money off of saying the election is stolen for the rest of your life. You could do the Carrie Lake for the rest of your career. But what does that do to us? That's an artificial world. You could have sim- symbolic fights all you want. And I feel like this is the dichotomy between state legislatures and Congress. Congress is all bought into the federal game, and they're all endorsing Trump. Interestingly enough, DeSantis is the one racking up most of the state legislative endorsements from conservatives. Because those guys get it. They get it. They look at Florida, and they're like, I wish my red state would be like that. But this is where we are. And again, it's not just the, the fact that um, the CARES Act and everything that came after that, his second one he signed in December, and then you know agreeing to the budget that September 30th of 2020, that it paved the way for the election fraud. I am sick of people saying it is this Biden spending and Bidenomics and Biden debt Oh my gosh, this is the inflation. That, that's basically every Republican's going to run on that. Okay? It's a very easy issue. Except Biden was merely the icing and a little bit more excrement sandwich on top of the cake that Trump baked. If you believe that it's this record spending and debt that is driving the inflation, which most Republicans do, How do you divorce Trump from inflation? It's Trump's inflation. Everyone knows, first of all, you have a lag effect. Milton Friedman talking about 12 12 to 18 months. So people have this erroneous thing. Economy bad now was good under Trump. Yeah, but Trump ran off the bridge before, or got run off because he lost, before it burned down. He set that time bomb. He, He had a better part of the business cycle And then he spent more money than any president ever, including Obama, including Bush, way more, before COVID. And then with COVID, he blew it off the roof. And I'm sorry that you can't excuse the pre-COVID stuff, and you can't excuse the COVID stuff. For a day or two, you could. But to pass something like that, this is not like sometimes you have something like everyone was doing it and, you know... Later on, we're like, yeah, right in retrospect, that was stupid. Stupid. We, I lay down on the tracks with that bill. We fought it and fought it. And then he could have pulled it back. He continued for the remainder of his presidency with the COVID stuff. Everything we face. Yeah, Biden made it, a, he, he put it icing on a cherry on top. It exacerbated on the supply chain side with the Ukrainian war and the supply side of um, choking off drilling 
and pushing the Green New Deal. You know, let's let's just say Trump wouldn't have done that. But the core inflation is from the spending debt. That is him. But it made it worse, of course. But that's always been the case for two generations. See, it's this it's this game like, well, Daniel, I know Republicans aren't good and they're bad, but but Democrats are even worse. But it's not. It's it's Republicans are the forward advancing guard. They work together. Republicans bake the cake that the Democrats put the icing on. So you say, are the Democrats are worse because they top it off with icing? You built it for them. You delivered it on a silver platter. They'll, they'll work with it. You create a new spending baseline, they'll build off of that. It's always like that. For the life of me, I don't understand. The same way the lockdowns and mask and biomedical tyranny and surveillance and, and, and experimentation and the vaccines are a result of Trump's Fauci and the others too, Jerome uh, Adams and Burks and Scott Gottlieb. But the, the, the same way, and Azar, same way they're responsible, Jerome Powell, his hand-picked globalist Fed chair, and Steven Mnuchin, his Secretary of Treasury, are clearly responsible for the ec- economic COVID that we're still dealing with. All the things downstream with the credit market and the, the pricing, the cars and the and, and, and housing and the vicious degenerative cycle of debt and inflation and cost of living. That is all from him. Yeah, Biden wasn't going to reverse it. You hand the Democrats a president off that baseline, they'll build on it. I don't understand how he could raise his head to even run if we had a sane conservative movement. It's like putting a Muslim crescent on a Flight 93 memorial to nominate this man at this time to confront these issues. I'm sorry. Someone's got to freaking say it. There is no way around that. This is not Biden's inflation. Certainly Biden's not going to reverse it, and certainly he's going to add to it. This is 100% Trump. 100% him. Again, his federal spending increase per year in constant 2021 dollars is four times Obama's level. The annual real growth rate of federal spending was three times Obama's level. The average debt per year that he added was double that of Obama. Okay? Remember at the time, I was saying, I don't know if you remember, I wrote a couple of articles when they were pushing the stimulus, pay people not to work, and I was like, I said, if this is free money, this is what you're telling me, that there's no limit to what we can do. We're going to have World War II levels of spending, but not to build things and defeat, you know, save a world, but literally to throw into a black hole, and worse than throw into a black hole, actually fund a lockdown enable a lockdown because without that it wouldn't have gotten off the ground and they would have had to you know stop those policies i i famously said at the time i did an article headline this i said why not write everyone a hundred thousand dollar check what about two hundred thousand if it's free money and you don't understand the consequence what you do why not do and and indeed this is a dirty little secret a lot of my colleagues did this too so Trump actually kept leaning into Senate Republicans ahead of the election to do more stimulus checks. It was like, yeah, you know, the corporations are getting populism. And it's like, fine, I I get what you're trying to do politically headed to the election, throw people more cash. But don't look at me like we're from Mars when we have record inflation. Take ownership for it. You supported it. You supported negative interest rates kept that way forever. You supported printing four trillion in debt. You added eight trillion debt of debt to the, you know, gross federal debt. Take ownership for it. You built that. There is no way around it. He, he built the embassy in Jerusalem. He was better on drilling policies. He could find things he liked. Okay. But on inflation, 
and many other things, I don't understand how he does not take at least an equal share of ownership with Biden. This is the reality. Let's live in reality here. And speaking of reality, you contrast that to DeSantis. And DeSantis paid off a quarter of their existing debt in Florida. Not only did he not add to it, he had surpluses, and that's with the largest tax cuts in state history. Many, many, many tax cuts. Um, he, he actually paid down 24% because they used the high treasury uh, you know, bond rate turnout now, or yield now, I mean, the high yields now, uh, that they make off their state investments to pay down their previous debt, which was locked in at low rates. But we had this story we haven't had time to deal with. DeSantis took a stand against the College Board on on AP the AP uh, Advanced Placement Psychology, right? I mean, what other governor would go after AP Psych, AP African American Studies? We all say it's terrible, Daniel. They're too much woke. Okay, it's easy to campaign. It might be even easy to legislate. But who is going to implement and enforce it? And they know that he goes around. The Department of Education is going through each line of their curriculum. And if they don't like it, they take it out. See, the the problem that DeSantis has is that he's the first person to come along that his bite is greater than his bark. He actually does at a higher level than what he talks about. He needs to get better at yelling into people's veins bombastic statements because otherwise it's just not going to win the primary. Um, but normally, like, if you hear, a, 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 you know, the rhetoric of a Republican politician at a nine, you know at best you're going to get a five. Here, if he rhetorically does a seven, so you would think, well, I'll get a three, but in fact, you'll get a ten. So something very interesting happened. I um, I reached out to their press office, um, not the campaign, but the, the governor's office, and I said, look, you know, I want to write a story on this AP psych thing with the, the training stuff. So, so the college board threw a tantrum. They said they're not going to give the course in Florida because we can't teach about trainism. So it's like there's no study of the mind outside of trainism. And if we can't have that, then forget it. So first of all, it's interesting. They always say that we're tilting at windmills, that it's, it's not really focused on. And then yet when we say take it out, they're like, well, there's no point in having the course then. So they threw this tantrum. And they said the course is banned when it wasn't true. They didn't ban the course. They just said take out the training stuff. So I emailed them and I said, um, wait a minute. I said, could you send me the like the juicy parts, like like you know what, what you found objectionable, what the Department of Education found objectionable. And by the way, it is the department that you have staff and the, and the um, secretary there that they are they, – they believe in what we believe in. You never have that in a red state. Department of Education. And I expected him to show me like some sort of pornographic stuff or whatever. And then he says, page 106, you go to you go to the AP. Um, there's nine units of the AP psych course. Um, you could you could look it up, Google it, and it's page 106. So he said, go to page 106. And I look at it, and all it doesn't say much. All it says is just like, you know, it's one topic of unit nine is talking about sexual and gender. Um, you know, whatever they call it, the word they use for for transgenderism, and that was it. That was just that's the that's the topic. It's not like it said like really juicy things. And for half a second, even I like fell into it. Oh, I have nothing to write about. Like, oh, like that's that's it. And, and then the thought crossed my mind. I was like, heck, even I become desensitized. We think now. We're so used to what Republicans do is they take an issue and they find the most extreme manifestation of it and you could only fight against that because it's all a talking point. Oh, so illegal immigration is only a problem if the cartels are killing us. But you could have a bunch of impoverished people destroying our culture and schools in the millions, but that's not a problem. It's the cartels. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. Or with transgenderism, oh, it's no problem teaching people that this is normal and normalizing this in the minds of the youth. Just don't 
have pornography maybe and don't um, screw up the fairness of female sports. And no, he's like, there's self-evident truths. There is no such thing as transgenderism. A man's a man's, a woman's a woman. Now, if you're private, you want to teach anyone you could do. But in a public school through 12th grade, because it's a college course, but it's mainly, I mean, the AP courses are given to those under 18 in high school. So they're governed by the April 2021 Department of Education rule. It's like, no. Categorically. Like, you would think, okay, maybe you'll only enforce it. Like, you'll find a school district or a teacher that is the most egregious instruction in that. No, straight up. It just says transgender. No, you can't teach that. We're not talking about sexual and gender orientation. Done. It's like, he actually believes this. He... DeSantis almost reminds me of Boxer in Animal Farm, where, like, he takes it seriously, all the rhetoric. Yeah, this is terrible. So he goes and, like, you know, Boxer works hard and does it, and then everyone makes fun out of him and dumps on him. Hey, you took us seriously? What, you mean to do that? Do you you understand the guts it takes to take on an institution like Disney, an institution like the College Board AP courses, and say, I'm going to categorically take out all references to sexual and gender, you know, orientation? We're not doing that. You cannot teach about about sexuality. Um, you know, unless it's part of like a health course or something. They have exemptions for high school for certain, uh, you know, limited things. And that's it. This is what sets DeSantis above every Republican and why we've not seen anything like this in a generation. It's easy to rail against the radical left on the campaign trail. It's even somewhat easy to legislate it but to actually implement a conservative governing agenda and be willing to challenge established fixtures in society like the top education curriculum organization, Disney, that's a new level. And obviously this comes a week after uh, at his new hand-picked board over Disney's Reedy Creek Improvement District removed all of their DEI programs. But we're... This is the real world. This is what it means to change a culture, to change a big state. See, it's not a matter of even pornography. When you take a group of kids and you teach them that you have right eye, uh, right-handed, left-handed, you have blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes. You could be a woman and you could change, and this is a trend. Some people are doing this. That's how you get a tripling of the number of kids that think they're that within a few years. It comes from this. Okay, it's not the sports thing. It's not even overt pornography. That's bad too. But just the fact that you're teaching this concept. Are you gay or are you straight? Well, five years later, we sample people and we have all these gays. Oh, it must mean natural. You're just born that way. Those years, God just had an extra batch of people that were like, no. We know this is where it comes from. He's the only one who's serious about actually doing this. Why is it only Florida? A couple other states, they pass similar things, but they know they're not going to categorically ban it. It's like they'll find some real egregious things and they'll go after that. Do we want the real world or the fake world? And by the way, one other story on this I think is very important. So again, this is the identity politics. What's the other thing we identified last week is is the impediment to a red state being red, to why Republicans promise and don't deliver, even the better conservatives don't deliver, because they're terrified of the corporate class, the donors. Again, just like with Disney, just like with African-American studies, just like with the transgender stuff, we should be celebrating this. This should be an all-hands-on-deck moment like we have with Mitha Trump every second, because this is what we are lacking This is exactly what we need if we're going to change anything. And instead, we disincentivize it. Political article. DeSantis' conservative populism has left some donors chaffing. And they note that basically one of his biggest donors is pissed off at him and gave him an ultimatum on his social issues. And he's like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And he is willing to lose donors. 
but the Trump people are literally making fun out of him. Ha ha ha, you can't keep your donors. When have we ever in 40 freaking years found a Republican who has consistently done this? And if you find it kind of underwhelming, then all the more of an indictment it is on our movement for 40 years that we couldn't even get someone to just simply do this. To, you know, nothing extraordinary. Implement the basic stuff that we say at that moment, at that election we care about. He goes to work and does it. He bleeds authenticity in every word he speaks. You know, no person's perfect, but this is a guy who wakes up every day and is like, how could I destroy the left's stranglehold on us? How could I implement? I, I, I literally cannot relate to someone supporting Trump over him. Other than they don't follow this and they get led astray by fake news from, from conservative media. Again, not so much of DeSantis versus Trump, but it's a world of reality versus a world of grift. We need to create a mold. <laughs> See, with DeSantis, you're going to create a mold, a, a precedent of more candidates like that and hopefully build on that. With Trump, you're going to create a precedent of Elise Stefanik's, of Lindsey Graham's, of the same old people, but just kiss up to Trump or just use certain rhetoric about the media. There's a virtual world where people are doing very well. You have people that I don't even know if they're out of their 20s yet. And they earn millions of dollars. They have big followings. They have organizations or social media following. Putting out mind-numbing crap. But it's doing good for them. They don't, they don't feel it in their bones, the sense of urgency to deal with our economy and the debt, to deal with the border, to deal with the grooming of a generation of children not even knowing that they have a freaking penis. That before we can even count the number of people who died from this clot shot, uh, Steve Kirsch estimates now 674,000 died in America from the COVID shots. They're on to a litany of RSV shots. And there's not a single movement standing in its way. Artificial or real? Virtue or idolatry? Symbolism and style or substance? Which one is it? You let me know which one you want. Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. We're just starting this week. We'll get to some other stuff as well. Um, throughout the week, all, different guests as always. Let me know who you want as a guest on the show that offers substance that we don't get elsewhere. You know, by the way, other other shows will only invite the other jerks with three million followers, but usually those people are stupid. Now that would give windfall to my show, but it won't give you substance. So most of the time, I have guests that don't have much, if any, of a following online. So I don't get a windfall from it, but you guys get better substance. And that's what we're always going to strive for. Please leave us a five-star rating if that's what you want on iTunes with a comment. It really does help push this show ahead. Send it to every one of your friends and relatives. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.